You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. What's hey, that Bob? you're holding up there? Is uh, that some kind of it's detector? A thermometer. Of, oh, it's a thermometer. You're holding it's, it up to your forehead. Oh, do you have a temperature? You're getting a reading. I have a 97.1. Not so impressive. No. Like everybody else side. I know, I'm worried that I have... I am a breakthrough case, Bob. Um, well, uh, you're probably not. Although it, it's, we have learned that there are a lot of those. I mean, the, the, uh, the efficacy rate of, I think it's, uh, of like Pfizer, Moderna Pfizer. vaccines, maybe Pfizer, they're, they're now saying is more like 50, 60% against Delta. 42. 42. That's just, where is that from? That's just one study. Well, it's one study, but it's a study. Yeah, but the, you're uh, picking the lowest, the, the most depressing yeah, study. Yeah, that's the lowest one that's around. I, I, one of us said this was going to happen. Uh, the, the, the conventional <laughs> wisdom on the vaccines is now, uh, uh, breakthroughs are really rare. If you're vaxxed, the breakthrough is really rare. But let's face it, we're all going to get this at some point. Okay. And there's a certain contradiction between those two, right? Uh, if the vaccine is so fucking effective, why are we all going to get it at some point? I haven't so, heard. You mean the same people have been saying both of those things? I've been, I've been, I, I've, I've been seeing authorities who are the responsible people who were saying everybody should get max, ma, uh, vaxxed, which I agree with. Uh, uh, also tried, they try to cling to this rare business at the same, cause they don't want to admit that the vax might not be perfect, uh, which is stupid at the same time as they, they sort of say, they go to the opposite extreme and say, well, uh, we're all going to get it. We're going to meet the virus. That's the, the euphemism. We're going to meet, meet the, the virus? virus at some point. Like, like meet the parents. And, and we, and we want to we get it as late as possible because there'll be therapeutics and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and that it will slow down the growth of so variants. So meet the virus, what does that mean exactly? I don't know what it means. It might mean that the virus tries to infect you or it might mean that you're actually infected by it. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a vague word that we, it was used in this very good, I think, David Wallace Wells piece in the New York magazine that basically said, look, let's drop this bullshit about how the virus is rare. I'm still holding out that I, I'm still trying not, not to get it. I mean, I want to be the last guy who doesn't get it because there are all these studies showing it does brain damage and fuck, I, I need all the brain I can get. I was going to point that out. The, <laughs> yes. uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's all that hard to not get it. You just have to stay in your lush, uh, Beverly Hills home and, and talk to people like me on Zoom. Uh, and you know, I, I'd rather have brain damage. Abandon your wild ways. <laughs> no, the, um, I'm, I'm chafing at that. I don't know if I could take that. Plus, there'd be a lot of disappointed people out there who are, you know, currently, Indulging in your wild ways with you. Well, I, 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 Bob, one day I'm going to, the old cold open is going to be me as Hunter Biden, or have I already done that? Um, I think you have. It's, but it's, it's going to I be. I think a, you've a, done the thermometer one, by the way. I, I think I've done the I thermometer. I have bad news. I think the virus has already done his brain damage. No, I knew that I'd done it already, but it was re relevant. Uh, but, um, the Hunter Biden one could be more elaborate. I could have an actual prostitute and a Russian spy and, you know, I'll be in a hot tub. So, don't don't talk about my wild ways, but um, 
Speaking uh, of you go to the. I have to go to the market, right? I still have to go to the market, and there'll be some big no. burly guy talking yeah. in a guttural foreign language right next to my face. Okay? <laughs> I knew we'd get to immigration sooner or later. No, it's not. I just didn't know how some, many subjects lay some, between some, COVID and immigration. Some and languages, especially none, none, especially the languages that are around here, which is I'm not talking about Spanish. Right, talking about Middle Eastern and some sort of Slavic languages where they have these guttural outbursts are obviously more effective at spreading the virus than people who talk in like with more mellifluous non-guttural Latin languages. It's just clear. Anyway, so anyway, there there are people who are next to you in the market who will talk right to your face because they think it's over, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, the safety you had of everybody being paranoid has gone Mm -hmm. away. No, I think so, it's it, it's the virus spreading foreign accents that I most fear when I leave the house. Look, just, the Israeli government has said Israelis' potential for loud talking, they should cut it out, okay? Okay. It, it's an officially recognized pension for loud talking. Okay. Which um, is on display in my neighborhood quite often. Now, I will say there was a study that came out confirming what – we had said, uh, but it's always nice to have it confirmed. It kind of had to be the case that in areas, uh, in countries where, um, they have the lower vaccination rates, they have the higher, higher virus mutation rates, the higher, higher, uh, the faster creation of new variants. Um, right. But that, 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 that didn't empirically... seal the deal because what, what I think what people like, uh, dare I say, Brett Weinstein are worried about, and I don't, listen to his his podcast is they're not worried about the number of variants but that those variants that happen will be specifically tailored to survive in an environment where people are vaccinated so the that that study you cite does not prove doesn't disprove i mean doesn't prove the opposite but doesn't show that the variants it doesn't show that the risk of a vax evading variant has been reduced no, it doesn't I show that. It, has, but. it doesn't show that, but I wouldn't say the Brett Weinsteins of the world aren't concerned concerned with the number of variants created. He would concede that that is a very important fact that weighs in principle in the in the in favor of vaccines. He has other doubts about vaccines, but uh, but you're right. The other question is, uh, does the vaccine uh, select for vaccine resistant variants? In some sense, it has to, um, but, uh, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, and then the question is, as we've said, we've had this discussion. The question is, but, but, uh, how do those variants, uh, affect A, unvaccinated people and B, people with organic, um, uh, immunity? You know, in other words, people have had the disease. Um, it's, uh, I mean, one thing I realized is that, uh, the vaccine, uh, I, I, it's too, I'm too unclear on this to go on. I think I'll stop, but the, um, may, maybe I'll attempt this in the parrot room. Uh, it's, it's, it's good when you're confused, Bob, if you state your confusion clearly, that's very, uh, I think even, I, I'm not, I, I'm so confused. I'm not even sure I can do that, but I, I will try it, uh, in the, in the pair room. Um, what I will say is speaking of Brett Weinstein, he's had a little more bad news. Uh, you know, he is championing ivermectin both as a, as a therapy and as a, uh, prophylactic. 
And, um, the, uh, study came out, uh, on the, you know, on the question of its value as a therapy that was apparently one of the better designed studies so far. Uh, you know, double blind, randomized, 1500 people. That's a lot. And it showed no effect whatsoever mm-hmm. on rate of hospitalization. I, I haven't seen a lot of pushback to that. It seems to have been accepted. Am I it's wrong? a, you know, uh, the university, the university did it. McMaster in Canada is a totally legit university. Uh, it, it was done, I think, in Brazil. Oh, it seems solid. Now there is separately the question of, uh, prophylactic effect. But even there, one thing I realized, or I heard it from somebody, and, and apparently it's true, is that, you know, one, one thing Brett keeps saying is, look, ivermectin, it's kind of can't lose because we know it's been used so much as an antiparasitic over the years that we know it's safe. But actually, we don't because apparently when it's used as an antiparasitic, it's used like once every three months or something. And to use it as a prophylactic, you have to use it once a week, like forever. And and I think there's basically no data on that whatsoever. So it's, you know, I I wouldn't now I'm not ruling out the studies are still kind of all over the place. I would not completely rule out that they wind up showing some prophylactic effect or some value as a therapy. Um, But I also heard this this pretty knowledgeable seeming guy say that uh, a big part of the the, uh, of the evidence Brett and company cite on the prophylactic site is just bullshit because when they point to these provinces in India where they used ivermectin, he says like the percentage of people who actually used it was like two, three percent. There's no way that could account for the things that, uh, that Brett is claiming. I, somebody on my Twitter feed said scope mouthwash is prophylactic. Uh, for it, specifically for this. No, that is just, it, it, it has some chemical that it's also in a lot of other mouthwashes that kills germs in your throat. And, and hey, this is a germ in your throat. So you want to kill as many of them as possible. What do I know? There are two, two other issues. One is there's a lot of fuss about Florida, Florida being a hot spot. And the cases are going up in Florida, but the deaths have turned a corner and have started to plummet. This is inexplicable to me because deaths are supposed to lag. And here they seem yep. to be proceeding. So I just don't know what to make of this. I, the one, one obvious possibility is that DeSantis is fudging the numbers because he's under political attack. But, um, if, if that isn't happening, then what the hell is happening? Yeah, I saw that. It seems there was somewhere else where death seemed to be no longer the lagging indicator. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, now in, in, uh, in Britain, the, uh, you know, the thing that I was concerned about, it seemed like the descent of the case load w- had stopped and had plateaued and it's kind of gently rising. So that's kind of concerning. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible that Florida has a lot of old people. So a, lo- a high death rate and maybe it's picked off all the easy targets. And so the death rate is falling because there's nobody left to kill. Could well be, uh, um, could be that it's now spreading among younger people. You know, one thing about, uh, all of the, you know, you've seen these various, uh, stories about, uh, kind of purporting to nail down, uh, the connection between vaccination rate and how fast the disease is spreading. I'm sure there is a relationship, but 
at the same time, you know, the, the stories about how, well, if you look at the, uh, you know, 10 states where, uh, it's spreading fastest, those are also, you know, very low in vaccination. I mean, there is this confounding variable, which is that the southern states have low vaccination rates and the southern states are also where it's very hot and people are using air conditioning and staying indoors. So. Right. It, the, the weather is, weather is sort of always overlooked as a potential variable. Everybody says, well, it's concentrated in the South. Well, that could be because the South is a lot hotter than anywhere else. I mean, what happened last summer? It, the South yeah. had a bad spell last summer as well. Yeah. And that was one the, purported explanation. The other thing that's happening in Florida, and I think in another state I looked at, is that the RO number is falling. It's below one now in Florida. Oh, well, that's what you want. Which is what you want. But, but how does that jive with the cases increasing? That's, um, in theory, those two things I think are incompatible. The definition of, of an R not less than one is that, uh, basically cases have to be decreasing because each person who gets it is infecting less than one person, right? I guess, but if there are enough, if, if, if there's such a massive number of cases that even at a less than, yeah, they have to be decreasing. Right. That, well, that's why, possible. that's why it's a critical threshold. I, I mean, the, if you look at the curve, it's going up and it looks like it's about to go back down, you know, if you read, if you squint and look at it the right way. But so maybe they're compatible. Well, but, if you uh, squint, if you squint at the national curves right now, uh, look at the seven day rolling averages of the last few days, you can start to imagine that the slope is decreasing. Right. And you know, the slope of our cases, our case spike per capita never got, has got, not gotten nearly as steep as Britain's got. And so I don't know. There's a lot of confounding stuff. I guess is the. Uh, um, but uh, is DeSantis, how, how do you how do you think Biden is doing? Well, I was going to ask one more. You mean on COVID or? Yeah, I was, and I have one more point to make too. I was just. I have a well. I have a COVID politics question. Like, where do you think DeSantis is headed with this? Is um, I mean, he you, seems he seems locked into his position on COVID, and could that come back to haunt him? Is is what I'm. Well, his his major initiative now is to, and it seems like a good initiative is to uh is to make treatment available. So what's that treatment that Trump got that that uh the Regeneron, the yes, antibodies? He's making re- he's making Regeneron and the other one available to everybody and he's making a big push to give it to people. Is the government uh, paying for it? Regeneron's expensive. I assume the government is paying for it. Huh. Uh any, anyway, this is his he, he he's he's he, this is his big push I assume to counteract this image that he's, you know, he's happy to see his people die. Uh, and so I, I, I think that's his reaction. Uh, I sort of like the Sanders. I don't like his, the sort of adversarial Trump stance, which I guess he feels he has to take. Uh, I have, I, I, I have a feeling behind the Trumpism, there's actually a competent governor there. Um, but, um, could be, who, uh, uh so that's the reaction that I saw of him. He's going to give everybody Regeneron who has it. And uh, speaking of uh, uh, Trump uh, would-be Trumps, I just have to read a comment from the Blogging Head site. We have several comment streams. There's the Blogging Head site, there's YouTube, and then there is the Parrot Room. Well, this is from the Blogging Head site, and here we go. Here's the comment. Mickey frequently mentions his, quote, good friend, unquote, Ryan Jurdusky. Jurdusky? How do you you say it? Jurdusky. I think it's Jurdusky. 
Okay, but neglected the news this week. He's saying you neglected this news. Neglected the news this week that Jordusky is getting $15,000 per month from J.D. Vance to promote him on Twitter. (laughs) Jordusky never disclosed it, of course. It's too bad Mickey has to protect his fellow right-wing buddy and won't address this, given his fawning over Vance. Gullible Bob won't bring it up either. (laughs) Cowardly show, guys. (laughs) Well, um... That's that story is two weeks old, uh, I think. And uh, I knew I knew Ryan was consulting for Vance. I don't think he's getting paid. This is the key distinction. Uh, I I don't, and I think he should disclose it. Although there's a you know how there's, as he points out, there's a limit to how much you can disclose in the little bio that nobody reads anyway. But uh, the um. He's not being paid to tweet. He doesn't tweet about Vance that much. If he, he's the most overpaid person in America. If he tweets three times a week about Vance and gets paid $15,000 a month, uh, he's, he's a consultant. He's giving the guy advice. Uh, and he's there in Ohio and, and he, he's a political consultant. That's what he does for a living. He should disclose it. It's, it's different. I kept thinking back to the Howard Dean campaign because I did think it was a scandal. When it turned out Dean was paying these bloggers to blog about him. And the, the difference there is the bloggers were really influential. They had huge followings. They, and, and, and they really went to pains to hide the money. Uh, in this case, Ryan's tweets, it's three or four tweets a week. He doesn't have that big a following. They're not influencing anything. Yes, he should disclose, but it's not yeah. such a big deal. And, He's not being paid. So to the, tweet. this comment is not entirely accurate. You're saying he's not. He's not. Well, he's being paid to promote him on Twitter in a sense, maybe, but not via his own account. No, he 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 likes Vance, yeah. so he does. He he goes to work for him. He gets paid for the work, and he also promotes him on Twitter. Yes, probably he's expected to say nice things about Vance on Twitter, but that's really a mm-hmm. uh, that's a that's just a byproduct of these other things but he is getting paid for van by vance so that does color your perception sometimes uh and he should disclose it but uh, i just don't think it's a big deal i'm um uh you don't know how much i'm getting paid by to vance, promote Bob. to promote whatever you're promoting on this sh- on this show right um i had my, I, I didn't have time to set up my shrine but uh you the shrine is back shrine. in business because uh, sorry your J.D. Vance shrine. My J.D. Vance shrine, because A, he's gaining in the polls. He's at 12. The frontrunner Mandel is at 20. The pack, it's a large pack, or they're all at seven. So everybody's within striking distance of Mandel, and he's only slightly well, out nobody of the else has Peter Thiel giving him $10 million, right? He's probably... Giving it to a super pack that is well, uh, an independent that expenditure. Is, that is him, basically, right? It's a super well, pack that, that does ads on his behalf. Right, but th- that's not as effective as giving money to uh, actually to the campaign, which is uh, which which is illegal. So that's why Teal's not right. doing it. But um, the there's a history of super PACs blowing their wad. The most obvious example was Karl Rove blowing millions and millions of dollars on a stupid campaign in Georgia that failed. Okay, uh, that was an independent. Well, there's a campaign. history of candidates having bad ad, ad campaigns too. I mean, you know, right, you you want it to be in sync. The, the the danger is they'll be out of sync. Uh, the Kerry campaign, there was a huge independent expenditure campaign that actually contradicted some of the things uh, that Kerry said because it's illegal for them to coordinate. 
And it's hard to believe that they can't coordinate, but sometimes they actually can't. By the way, I did you – there was a Kerry clip circulating. You know, his famous uh, – from when he was in his 20s, I think, and was ju- just back from Vietnam, I guess, but had already somehow turned himself into a national figure and was testifying before Congress and said, who wants to be the last man to die for a lost cause? Whatever the quote is. You know the famous quote? Well, nobody in Afghanistan, apparently. Right. But you know the famous quote? I mean, what I was going to say was, yes. you should listen to that that clip. I mean, his accent was totally different. And I don't know if it's like a JFK impersonation or an authentic kind of Brahmin accent, Boston Brahmin accent or some combination of the two or what. But it's weird. It's not it the now? way he talks now. What's that? What is it now? It's got some of that in it, but it wasn't near. It seemed so much more theatrical back then. I don't know. Well, with with Kerry, you know, the the possibility that of total phoniness can never be discounted. But it's, it's you would think that somebody who's from Boston would have a Boston accent, and then as he gets older and goes trotting around the globe, the it co- would wear off, right? Right. Uh, he, I mean, he, he the, the key thing about Kerry, do you know, there's nothing Irish about him. Oh, I think you told me that. Yeah. He has no Irish blood. He it's also a very, key, it's a very Irish sounding name, though. Kerry could be an Irish name. Correct. But it's, it's a not? fake Irish. It's a fake Irish name. They changed their name. I think there's a name change at some point. Anyway, he's not Irish. Um, the uh, the the key the key thing about Kerry, as always, always to remember, is he dramatically threw his medal over the wall, and he threw somebody else's medal over the wall. He kept it. He kept his own medal. So that's all you need to know about John Kerry. Um, we we've digressed. Dwight yes. Garner will be pleased. But um, I had one more point to make about the virus, which is that the, all these stories that are saying, uh, like in Axios, the, the Pfizer uh, protection is only like 42%, okay? Is the virus, is the vaccine wearing off over time? Uh, and then they have Pfizer officials saying, maybe the vaccine wears off over time. And they have Biden officials saying, we're worried about the vaccine wearing off over time. But they never confront the possibility that it's not wearing off over time. It was just never any good against the Delta variant. Uh, well, and I they're purposely hiding. Were... They're, I'm, I'm paranoid about it. They're purposely hiding that possibility on these these ridiculous sort of, oh, we can't see anything about the vax grounds, that uh, they want people to think, oh, I'm taking a potent vaccine that will last me for six, six months, and then it might fade, or five months. I'm not taking a vaccine that's really not that good against the Delta variant. But that's entirely possible that it's just not that good against the Delta variant. Well, a lot of people are casting it that way. I, I don't know what the administration's saying, but it's not as if that this is like secret knowledge that that this to some extent reflects its effectiveness against Delta. Right, that's but this story hid that possibility. That's what uh, that led me to what paranoid well, speculation. Well, it, it could well was... be a combination of the two. I mean, they have said it may wane after six months or so. Well, sure, uh, but the, this is a press story. I'm saying that the yeah. Axios is towing the administration line, and the administration once again has decided the American people can't handle the truth, which is the vaccine isn't that good against Delta. They have to pretend the vaccine is like Superman and you're an idiot not to take it. You're still an idiot not to take it because, you know, it still protects against death. Uh, It just doesn't protect as well against infection. But they can't say that. They feel that American people are too stupid to understand that. Uh. Um, yeah, their messaging has uh, left things to be desired at times. Which, I agree. It, it's applying like political PR, uh, you know, theory to 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 
the epidemic, which is wrong. They shouldn't do that. They've gotten into trouble time and again doing that, and they should just cut it out. Anyway, what can I say? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I assume their rationale is we would indeed be better off if more people had been vaccinated. In fact, if we had, you know, if if the uptake of the vaccine had, had been as high as it could have been, given the supply of vaccines, we might well be in a totally different world now. It may be that the reason now it's starting to look like maybe, you know, autumn isn't going to be what we thought it was, which is everybody going back to school and blah, 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 is because of these people who resisted the vaccination. Uh, that's that's quite plausible. And it, I would be the last person to point out how many of those people have an ideological affinity with you, because that would be like hitting below the belt. That would be hitting below the belt. But the question is, do you win these people over by being honest or well, by telling them, you know, like, it's it's exactly equivalent to saying, look, we we haven't seen any evidence the election was 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 phony. Uh, Biden got all these votes, you know, he won versus saying you must admit that this was the freest and fairest election. And people just say, no, fuck you. OK, so now they're saying to Biden, no, fuck you. And if he produced a pursued a different strategy, he would at least get half of them, which would make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm just saying this is probably their rationale. They're, they're, they, they think we're trying to get people vaccinated. Obviously, the people not vaccinated are, in their mind, not that great at assessing evidence and reaching rational conclusions. So you treat them like kids and tell them, you know, whatever right. it takes. I guess no, that's sure the that's, way they're thinking. I'm sure that's exactly their thinking. Yeah. Um, and if you watch the movie Muscle Shoals, which we will talk about in the parrot room. Which we will. You, but you, you, you drive some of the point that, no, people really aren't that stupid. Sorry. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, one of the points to drive home. Anyway, um, I think that's all I have to say about the virus. Uh, so when you oh, ask, not, obviously, obviously they're denying that migrate that you know all these migrants pouring across the border who are testing forty percent positive in some areas for the virus, uh, they have no effect. I mean, how could that have any? No, effect? but you know, I will say, Mickey, if you look at the map that shows kind of yes, the red, I agree. the red counties, you know, the I the. Agree. the uh, you don't see this continuous swath from borderlands to the deep south. In fact, no. there, you know, there isn't like there, a path of red. There, but there, there, there you're right. The, the, if you look at the map, you think migration doesn't look like the major source of the virus. Right. Uh, there are, there are counties along the border, like around El Paso and in the Rio Grande Valley that are bright red. Uh, and of course they do ship these, uh, the, the, the people who are sick all over the country to different hospitals and they migrate to where the jobs are. But still, the, 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 it is so heavily concentrated in the southern states that some other factors at work. Is it the unvax? Is it the weather? Who knows? But um, yes, I agree with that. Um, so um, what else? When you ask, how do I think Biden's doing? You're talking about with, with respect to COVID or more generally? With the virus, everybody, everybody's saying, oh, his, 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 his favorability is going down even as he wins his bipartisan infrastructure plan in the Senate. And I, everybody sort of seems to be assuming it's because the virus is coming back. And to what extent is that really his fault? Is he getting an unfair rap? Was he, he's not, is he supposed to command the virus to go away? I mean, what, what is he doing wrong aside from 
this PR business that we just talked about. Well, presidents always get credit and blame in unfair ways. I mean, they, they get, you know, they're held, they're thought responsible for the economy, which they mainly aren't. You know, that's life in the White House. Deal with it. No, I guess, I guess that's the, that's the conclusion. But he also, he did, he did declare mission, impo- mission accomplished in a way he didn't have to. Uh, and so they had, they obviously had this very pat idea that the virus was going away and they would, you know, everything would be great and they'd pass their bills and they would, you know, yeah. surge in popularity and reality did not conform to their simple plan. And it was probably stupid to have a simple plan that you wishfully hoped was going to happen. Yeah, the Declaration of Independence from the virus may have been premature. Did he By really the say way, that? Did, you, did you see that? Um, what's that? Did he really say Declaration I think he of said it on Independence Day, didn't he? It was a big okay. deal. I mean, it was kind of up there. Fortunately, he didn't have a banner that said Mission Accomplished <laughs> behind him. But aside from that, the parallels are eerie. The um, Did you see that uh, Moderna already has a vaccine tailored to the Delta virus? But it's got to go through all these. It's got to go through the testing. It's got to do phase three trials and shit. I mean, I really think, first of all, I think it should start working on Lambda like Pronto. It probably is. And I really think we have to consider the possibility of giving uh, Americans the option of taking some risk if they want to take a vaccine that is fundamentally like the vaccines that are out there, right? It's an mRNA Vaccine that I assume targets a spike. I'm not sure about this part, but uh, but I'm guessing it may just target a different kind of spike or something. Who knows? But if it's fundamentally like these now pretty well tested mRNA vaccines, I say, and you know, you would think in principle this would get support on the right. You know, let Americans choose. Give them the freedom. Here's a here's a stupid question. Yeah. Suppose everybody takes this vaccine and and Delta disappears. Does that just open the door for Lambda to come in and infect everybody? Well, that's a good question. I mean, would, in other words, would the kinds of antibodies that have been aroused by the vaccine be uh, worse at handling Lambda than your immune system would have been if we had just not tampered with it to begin with? I mean, that, that's kind of like, it's the specific version of the generic question I mean, about vaccine-resistant viruses. Um, I mean, I don't it, know it, enough. I don't know What enough. seems to happen is, Delta everywhere they're in, if everywhere they're both in the same country, Delta outcompetes Lambda. Okay, so Lambda doesn't is that, spread. Wait, is that true? Is that a fact? I've seen I've seen that in you know studies of South America, uh, and that's why Lambda hasn't just taken over. But mm-hmm. if, if 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 Delta stops outcompeting Lambda, then why doesn't why isn't the royal road to infection open for Lambda? I don't. I'm, well, I think, uh, I guess the it's scenario. The said. Well, is Lambda more lethal or something? What is Lambda? It's vaccine some, resistant. More vaccine resistant. It's more resistant than Delta to the yes. vaccine. Yeah. I wonder if it's uh, less resistant to this new Delta vaccine than to the regular vaccine. That would be worth yeah. knowing. Yeah. Uh, um. But uh. Well. Where are we here? Uh, I don't um, know enough to continue this conversation. Right. Now, I was I have very alarmed interesting at question. Lambda, about Lambda, and then uh, I sort of waned because people are saying, well, Delta is bad enough. But keep it in the back of your head that 
you know, there are these other variants out there. Yeah. Um, uh, we have exciting. We have, uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about. We could talk about Cuomo. I don't have that much to say about him. We should probably, after talking about this, we should probably have some sex before we get to the exciting topic of infrastructure. Wait, did you just say we should have some sex? We should have talk about sex. I did say okay. we should have some sex, but I misspoke. You can do both Sorry. at once, you know. Uh, as, this, this, as, as Hunter Jeffrey, Biden is... As Jeffrey Tubin. What, is that what you're going to say? As Jeffrey Tubin? No, said? Hunter Biden has proven... I mean, there's this bizarre new tape of Hunter Biden with a prostitute in bed, and in the middle of sex, he starts talking about how these Russians have stolen his laptop, and the prostitute he's having sex with asks these questions that are like much better than any reporter for the White House press corps would ask. <laughs> the prostitute says, well, are you worried about being blackmailed by the Russians? <laughs> and, and the hunter goes off with some riff, and, and then the prostitute goes, please continue with your story. <laughs> it's like, well, she is obviously a Russian plant. Right and the, right, so the I'm kidding, she's, but but you never know. She's probably a member of the Politburo. I mean, they're they're they're. Uh, but does that mean that they fake the evidence or that they just use Russians to entrap him? I don't know. Anyway, there's video of this. You're saying? I think there's video. It's it reported in the European press and the American press, of course, is blacking it out because. It, it obviously the reason is such a, is that it's such a sore spot with Biden that he would just go berserk, and I think they're actually worried that he might like lose it on national TV and just completely discredit himself. I mean, why are they so reticent? It's bizarre. Wait, so Not, reticent to do what? Uh, bringing up the subject of Hunter and his and his shenanigans and 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 well, the it's various it's laptops. resistance residue because it, it's it's you know because Trump is still public enemy number one and this is a way of not asking about Hunter is a way of not playing Trump's game. But they ask him. They ask Biden other tough questions about you know what about this? What about that? Yeah, but th this uh, is a specific question. This is a Trump question, though. This is a playing into Trump's hands question I, in a very specific way. But I think also that, some I, I people think, think it's it's not. I mean, you know, that you could reach a judgment that like it's just kind of not fair game. Now, if you think that there was like bribery and corruption that reached Biden himself, that's one thing. But in terms of like, you know, your son is smoking crack with Russian prostitutes or whatever, you think there's some people who just think. That's not a fair question. I can see that point of view. Your job is to cover it, the politician as a politician. Biden clearly loves his son. So if his son is compromised by the Russians, and they have tape that, although it's hard to believe how he could be humiliated more, but they have they have the laptop, okay? Mm -hmm. And they have this laptop, and maybe it comp compromises Joe, but it definitely might compromise I Hunter. I think we, we've and heard if, everything if that's, if that's on true, it. that's true, why isn't that a legitimate line of question? I think the press... I think there's a certain amount of patriotism here. The press thinks it is like a nuclear weapon. And if you use it, Biden might just explode. He reacts viciously and emotionally every time you mention it. it's a hot button. And they don't want to push that button because they don't know what will happen. Well, that's an interesting theory, too. They're afraid of the hunter, the hunter button. Um, um I, I, I would say, I mean, in terms of like, what there could be on the laptop, I think we we know pretty much the most 
damning stuff about Biden himself that could be on a laptop. I mean, this was in the possession of Rudy Giuliani no, this for is weeks a, and weeks. This is another he kind of showed us his highlight. Wait, no, there's a is, second laptop? It's a third laptop, Bob. Oh, geez, come on. No, this is ridiculous. This is three laptops. This is the third laptop. And somebody <laughs> got a hold of all of them? No, the Russians, He in this tape, he is saying the Russians have a third one. Now, is the whole <laughs> tape faked? I don't know how... How would you fake Hunter Biden? It's a deep fake. Maybe it's a deep fake. It's a, anyway, it's a deep we need fake to, sex tape. We need to find this prostitute and get her into the White House press into the, briefing room. Into so the she, parrot room. You talk so about she your can business ask some model. tough questions finally for a We change. need to either get an exclusive interview with her in the parrot room or at least get our hands on some Hunter Biden videos to show in the parrot room. At patreon.com slash parrot room, folks, these things may happen there. We don't know. They may. Any given Friday, this shit just may, the parrot room just may be hunter, wall-to-wall hunter, sex, drugs. How how did we, how did I get off on this hunter jet? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You have a tendency to do that. It's kind of like immigration and child credit. Oh, that that reminds me. You saw the, the census data. Not only are whites declining proportionally, the actual raw number of whites in America right. has declined. Now, I wonder to what extent is this people with some degree of mixed ancestry now deciding they don't want to be thought of as white and claiming mixed That's, ancestry, but... I've seen that theory, and, and and even proponents of the theory say it can't explain all of it, although you never know if the proponents of the theory may be uh, using it to, to thump for natalism. Oh, I know what... Okay, I know... I know how I got off on the tangent. I'll go off on it. I'll go take a tangent to go back to the original topic. Uh, and this will get rid of the JD Vance subject. Uh, Excellent. Uh, uh, one of my readers, you know, I've been worried that he's off on this natalist jag. He wants more births and this census would just play into that, right? The declining whites so that mm-hmm. he would hit the subliminal button among, uh, white voters that, gee, we need to have more babies. Despite the fact that none of, none of these child credit schemes has much effect on, however many babies you have. But, um, uh, and it's a worldwide phenomenon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he, uh, but, uh, one of my readers, you know, commented on Twitter. He went and saw JD Vance at a small group in Ohio and he didn't mention natalism. He, he mentioned the obvious issues, immigration, inflation, uh, c- critical race theory. And there were, there were, there was one other and, uh, uh, so it was a very sensible, actually on the stump, it was a very sensible, uh, campaign, uh, which is why I was going to re- resurrect my JD Vance shrine. Uh, anyway, so that's, the, that's JD Vance. Well, as long as we're on, uh, the subject of Trumpists, there, uh, there's this little, uh, Tucker Carlson item. He says that the NSA has been spying on him and is planning to leak whatever they found. Now, to me, this means one of two things. Either the NSA actually has been spying on him, or he's making it up but knows that something damaging about him is going to be leaked, which I find a kind of appetizing prospect. Um, don't you think the latter is a real possibility? I, I tell you, I work for the guy, right? Yeah. I never, and I know people who know him and like him. I have never heard anything uh, there's no scuttlebutt the way there is scuttlebutt about some people. Uh, 
You know, you mean you mean there aren't damaging disclosures out there? I've I've heard no rumblings of them. I, I'm I'm the last to know in many cases. So, uh, uh, but uh, you know, he seem he seems uh, uh, he seems to be a devoted family man. I'm not. Who knows, who knows what the nature of I? I you know, I, I don't. I'm not saying it's about it's about sex. I mean, when has a guy that good looking with that much star power been a devoted? Actually, been a devoted family man? But he sure seems that way. Um, Could be, but I'll tell you, there's uh, a lot of temptation out there in stardom land, Mickey. Take it from me. It um, takes steely resolve to I've resist seen all the steely resolve at work, Bob. Have you? When you're surrounded by these cooing admirers. Right. I mean, I just act as if they're like, not there. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, uh, the, the. Anyway, the, the, the one, I'm just one saying point. one way or, you know, I'm just saying if you see some damaging stuff come out. Uh, here's what I would say. If you do see damaging leaks about Hunter, it probably means this was a lie because now that he said this, the NSA probably wouldn't leak it if they have it. And so if it does leak, then theory B is operative, which is that this is a preemptive uh, lie on his part. But if, to- if, 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 if he has, in fact, bottled it up, that's a brilliant strategy that totally. other people should try. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a smart strategy either way. Um, if, He's if, a smart guy. And as I you know, noted, spot- good looking yeah. too. Um, and a family man. Uh, and a family man. The- and a fine American. Um, is he still in Hungary? Has he come back? No, I think he's back. Uh, Good. We need the, him. Uh, we need him in America. I mean, I'm not saying he's a perfect person, as you know, but uh, I'd never heard that. The um, uh, one more point in the census, which is usually usually a census report like this is is followed by a flurry of articles, the thesis of which is basically, "Ha ha, you white people, you're doomed." Uh, ha ha, the Democrats are ascendant, Republicans are doomed. And I think the MSM, the mainstream press has realized this wasn't such a good strategy because it basically confirms all the paranoid fears of the people who are now allegedly doomed to be in a minority. And it, it actually is not, it's not just, it doesn't just allude to replacement theory. It is replacement theory. And, and, and I, I think that's tamped down with the, with the, Mild exception of William Fry, Brookings demographer, who's always pushing this bullshit. Well, I also uh, think there's more awareness that uh, a growing proportion of ethnic minorities does not translate into democratic support as naturally as or automatically as was once thought. But they still think it. I'm sure they still in their hearts think it translates. And, you know, it's, it either, it's either more democratic yeah. or less democratic. And it's obviously more democratic than not. Uh so, um, and there, but you're right. There is the phenomenon of the last election, where the trend seemed to be that blacks and Latinos were losing their. I mean, also they probably vote, well, some people realize that crowing over this would only uh, accelerate these Republican state level attempts to uh, make it harder to vote for, uh, make it especially harder yeah. to vote for the kinds of people who vote Democratic. And there are a number but of I, those initiatives. Uh, but I, I can't believe that the. Democrats actually think they're going to win or lose the election on the basis of the 0.00001% of vote difference between 
uh, voting plan A and voting plan B. Well, I mean, Texas just passed their voting plan, okay? Everybody's now going to forget it because it's completely irrelevant to the actual outcome of the what election. What do you mean it's irrelevant? Aren't there some things with, with that of actual consequence in it? No, the only really scary stuff is can can the Republicans basically throw out the results of the election At, in terms of <laughs> well, that sounds like a big one. <laughs> yeah, but that's like they're not going to have the balls to do that. They, they, the theory, if they had actually eliminated all uh, mail-in ballots, you know, uh, that might have a big effect. But they didn't do that. They eliminated twenty. No, but this hours. is a scary thing, yeah. and I don't know what the status is in various states. But these initiatives to empower the legislature, state legislature, which tends to be Republican in these states. To basically overrule election results. I think they took that out of the Texas bill. Well, it there are other still, states that are still floating. It might over still that. be in the Georgia bill, but I think they took it out of the Texas bill. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, it's uh, the, the, the Democratic uh, paranoia about Republican voting schemes seems completely manufactured, as you know, to, I think, to get rid of the filibuster so they can do other things like pass an amnesty. Um, anyway. So before this is over, we should probably talk about Afghanistan and maybe infrastructure and a little um, about Cuomo. I have I, I can give a very quick thing about infrastructure, but let's talk about Afghanistan first. OK, so do you want to uh, chide first. those of us who have been advocating withdrawal? Well, we've both been advocating withdrawal. Yeah. So uh, I thought you were already starting to try to erase that fact about your past. No, I just, you know, it's, I, I, there's withdrawal, there's humiliation, and we seem to be on the track for plan B. Okay, but I would say, I mean, obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of bad things are going to follow from Taliban being in charge of more and more territory, quite possibly all of it before long. Um, you know, you're getting reports, some of, summary executions, you're getting reports of, uh, women being forced to marry Taliban, in other words, basically rape. Um, Taliban's denying this, but I'm sure at least some of both of these things are going yeah. on. So there's a lot of terrible stuff. But if, uh, you know, if you've been paying attention, you know that withdrawal had a significant chance of leading to someday when the Taliban was running all of Afghanistan. They've been gaining ground for the last few years, even with us there. And if you look at the various ways you could wind up with the Taliban uh, running all of Afghanistan, there are worse ways than a bunch of uh, cities being surrendered without a lot of violence, right? Like Syria-type civil war. That would be a lot worse. Um, well, and Do, do you yeah. think if you, if you were an Afghan, sort of a westernized Afghan person who was like the United States and didn't like the Taliban – were you completely apprised that this was a possibility so you could get your affairs in order and plan your escape route? Or did we do it in such a, uh abrupt way that we're actually leaving a bunch of people stranded who we didn't have to leave stranded? Uh It looks more like the latter. I mean, as you know, troops are now headed back yeah. to try to assist at least in the evacuation of American personnel. But no, it's been all too abrupt. And, you know, one question I have, I, I had... uh Adam Weinstein on the right show. It's the most uh, recent show before this one, actually, on the feed. He is a, a guy at the Quincy Institute who specializes in Afghanistan and served as a Marine there. And I asked him a question that I don't think he had thought about, but I, I, I kind of wonder, like, you know, Afghanistan has this fighting season thing because of the weather. 
They basically right. fight from April to October. Right. Well, what I wonder is, might it not have been wise for us to time the withdrawal and the announcement of the withdrawal? So it's like, we announce it and then do it and suddenly it's cold, right? Like, it kind of frees the action about the time our troops are leaving. Best case scenario is that gives a whole winter for the government to contemplate the fact that they really are alone and have to figure out how to deal right. with this. Worst case is it is as a surely political matter, it creates some temporal space for Biden. I mean, between withdrawal and uh, all hell breaking loose. That was the Henry Kissinger decent interval theory. In yeah, Vietnam, the, yeah. I mean, which he I think he denied he had, but everybody else was convinced he did have. We should, there should be a decent face saving interval before the government collapses. Sure. I mean, any president would want that at a political level, but it could have had actual virtue. Um, I mean, for example, just in the, you know, even when it's winter time, uh, you can leave, you can leave Kabul if you want to, right? There right. are ways no, to get I, out. I think that's the key virtue is it would let people get out. Uh, but, but obviously the Taliban wants us not to have the, the face saving. They want to rub our face in it. But what's so. interesting, I also think this is just testifies to what a ridiculous shell this whole thing, you know, what a facade we had, we had bought into. The fact that in so many cases, it's looking like the Taliban are just, um, they're just like making phone calls. You know, they're, they're like finding people who know the military commander here and they're just calling them and arranging these surrenders. Saying, okay. We'll let you. You know, we'll get, you know, you, you, you'll be safe. Your family will be, all these people will be safe and blah, blah, blah. And they're just doing these deals. And there just seems to me there was so little actual commitment, uh, within the military and government to the government. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and, and among the people, so far as I can tell. So uh, the command, the commander who surrenders does not get beheaded. Well, I think it's, it's a better deal than that. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, we, you're, you're troops and you're this and you're that. I don't know what the deals are. And, but again, it's better than, uh, protracted, uh, w urban warfare that leads to the uh, Taliban victory anyway. And one thing this has shown us, I think, is that, yeah, Taliban victory is probably what was going to happen. I mean, there just isn't the will to fight among regular Afghan soldiers. The only, the only troops that are uh, that are doing uh, much of anything are the elite troops, and they're just you know special forces, and there just aren't that many of them. Um, I'm not. sure. I think there's genuine anti-Taliban sentiment in Kabul. Uh, oh, I I think look. Oh, I think there's a lot of people who would rather not be governed by the Taliban. I, I uh, I'm just saying that the government was uh, so corrupt and inspires so little devotion. That for a lot of people, it's like, well, would, you know, are you, are you ready to fight to keep the Taliban out? Shit, no. I mean, there's nothing about the status quo that's worth that. The other thing is that, you know, uh, the, the government claims Pakistan is, um, letting weapons and, you know, fresh troops for the Taliban, in effect, across the border. I don't know how true that is, but it is a fact that, uh, Pakistan uh, is no friend of the government because the government's, uh, leanings toward India. And, you know, to some extent, in that sense, all along, this has been, not, you know, nothing like a full-fledged proxy war, but there just are these regional forces that are just, you know, kind of beyond our 
uh, our control. And it's just ultimately, uh, it's a thing that's very hard for us to, to control. Haven't they seen the kite runner? I haven't seen the kite runner. What's the moral it's, of the story? It's the only anti-Taliban film I've ever seen. Huh. It's a, it's a novel and it's sort of a middle brow novel and it's a middle brow. It's not a bad movie. Uh, but it, it involves, it involves making you hate the Taliban by the end of it. One final point this guy made, uh, Adam Weinstein, is that this is going to be a different world that the Taliban inherits uh, since they last ran all uh, cities in Afghanistan because of all the technology, the smartphones, everything. It's going to be much more evident to the world what they're doing. Um, in fact, if anything, we may get an exaggerated notion of some of the bad stuff they're doing because there will be people who very much want to get it out and it will go viral on social media. but. Um, but also it's going to be at least initially harder for them to tamp down, uh, you know, dissent and stuff because of this technology. Now, in the long run, I don't say I didn't call this, but in the long run, China is going to want to do business with the Taliban because they want to make sure that, uh, Muslims in their West, including the Uyghurs, cannot use, cannot, you know, use, uh, Afghan territory or people in Afghan synergistically, people who might be sympathetic. So they're going to want to get on board with the Taliban, and I'm sure they're going to be happy to provide them software, the Taliban with software that helps them crack down, notwithstanding the change technological landscape. Um, but why wouldn't the Taliban try to foment uh, unrest in the Muslim areas of China. Cause that's the other, another thing Adam said is like, they're very inward looking. They, they don't have aspirations to conquer the world. And, and for the same reason, it doesn't bother them that much when foreign nations refuse to recognize them because they're so barbaric. They want to govern Afghanistan what? and they're not like, they're not like ISIS. They're not like Al Qaeda. Now we, we can, there's reason to worry about whether they will do business with Al Qaeda, but, uh, because Al Qaeda does still purport to want to inflict terrorism on the United States. But he said the Taliban are a very inward looking movement. But, um, uh, I, d I don't know. It just seems to me, uh, if Al Qaeda was, uh, in Afghanistan before, they, they would, they do have global ambitions and maybe they will stoke them from the, the t that territorial base and what's China going to do? They're not going to invade Afghanistan. They're going to be the third great power to lose a war in Afghanistan. So you're imagining uh, Al Qaeda, um, I just think doing business with the Uyghurs. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Now the Taliban are very anti-ISIS, by the way. They'll fight them. Um, huh? The uh, but um, I don't. That's an interesting scenario. But look. However inward looking they are, they're going to need some friends and they may have one in Pakistan. Uh, but, uh, you know, China is a natural because of China, because of what China wants from them and, and because of, uh, China's tension with India and, and what, and, you know, one thing you'll hear if this happens and the Taliban, uh, become kind of close friends of China's is that, Oh my God, Biden has ceded, you know, uh, you know, Cold War type rhetoric. Oh God, now China has Afghanistan. It used to be Russia. Oh no. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, personally, I don't Ch- think that's a big China's thing. way of influencing people is usually to get them hooked on debt through the Belt and Road Initiative. Does Does Afghanistan want a lot of civic and you know public works paid for by China, or are they happy to be at the level of economic development they're at? You know, I think I think Talib- the Taliban is going to want whatever will help them secure rule, and probably in some cases that would be infrastructure. I don't know, but I'll bet it'll be some authoritarian software. But again, I don't think that will reflect China having some grand design to spread authoritarianism everywhere. It'll just be what the Taliban wants, and China will want things from the Taliban, and they'll do business. But um we'll see. I mean, I'm looking pretty far ahead. It's, you know, Kabul hasn't fallen yet. Uh We'll see, but it ain't looking great. Um. Infrastructure quickly? Sure. Um, uh, well, as you In know... In fact, that was a great segue. You didn't realize what a great segue we just did. You know, China, Belt and Road, Taliban, oh, infrastructure, okay. infrastructure. Um, we're nothing if not seamless This whole thing is planned in advance by um, a team of highly paid professionals. Well, as you know, the bipartisan infrastructure bill passed the Senate... And the Senate also passed the framework for the Democrats-only massive welfare state reconciliation bill. And both those things now go to the House. Uh, the, the reconciliation part, Pelosi's holding up the bipartisan bill until you can do the big reconciliation part. And the reconciliation bill, not only does the framework have to be passed, but all the details have to be filled in. So it's like a two-part process. Uh, the, my great hope has been that the House moderates, Pelosi can only lose three votes in the House. The House moderates, who are more than three votes, or at least nine votes, uh, but they're probably more than that, uh, w- would show some spine and say, sorry, you want our votes, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And But my hope is that they'll start throwing crap out of the, out of the Democrats-only bill, so that they'll throw out the child tax credit, they'll throw out the immigration amnesty, They'll maybe throw out a bunch of other uh, ill-considered provisions. Although uh, those two things alone would make you ecstatically happy by themselves. Yeah, if they did that, I wouldn't care about the rest of it, frankly. Yeah. The rest is just a huge waste of money. But, um, or as a friend of mine put it, it's it, 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 it's just gunk. It's just liberal gunk. It has no, it's not like we are passing Medicare. I think I've made this point before. Or we Wait, are passing somebody's... Social Security. It's we're giving a few hundreds of billions of dollars to five or six, uh, you know, liberal projects that don't have the impact of even Obamacare. But I heard it includes an expansion of Medicare, but I didn't hear what they meant by that. Is that true? I think it means, I think it means dental and some other hey, benefits. Hey, and don't dismiss uh, that, buddy. I'm not dismissing that, but I would, I would, there's also talk about that would make, that would make me super happy because I'm, I'm headed toward Medicare at an alarming uh, rate. There, um, there, uh, there, there's also talk about lowering the Medicare age and that part is not going to happen. We don't think, but they're going to make some efforts at doing that. But everybody thinks that's going to go by the boards and David Diane of the, of the, uh, what is it's it's whatever American American Prospect, whatever Cutner's magazine is. Uh, yeah, uh, he seemed to think that the Medicare parts were doomed to be thrown overboard. 
Oh man. Um I want that dental. He was comparing he was comparing what was in the Biden one pager versus what was in the three pager. And he was assuming that anything that's in the three pager that didn't make the one pager was doomed. So wait, that, that last check weren't nine moderates explicitly demanding that they vote on the infrastructure bill right. before they do the other Correct. stuff? Correct. Correct. And I, and they were sort of goaded by Punchball and, uh, which is this, uh, this, uh, Capitol Hill reporting outfit that I follow saying, Oh, you people are always wimps. You're always writing stern letters, but you're never actually doing anything. Uh, unlike the Freedom Caucus, which actually did screw over the, their, their party leaders. And so now they seem to have some spine. And my wor- great worry is that they're showing spine in the wrong place. In other words, I, I want them to show spine throwing shit out of the, the, the reconciliation bill, not demanding that the bipartisan bill be brought first. I mean, it's, is it, is it conceivable that if Pelosi doesn't get her in, infrastructure bill, she will actually torpedo uh, the bipartisan bill? I don't think it's conceivable, but... Well, that's her claim, right? That's the implicit threat. I don't think she's claimed that, but maybe she has claimed it. But it, it's well, inconceivable that they're... The, the left, it, a number of people on the left have said that's their position, right? On right, the, on but the, I don't think Pelosi has said that. And it's obvious that some... Some inf- some reconciliation bill is going to pass. The question is just what's in it, and yeah. so I I worry that Pelosi is going to go to these seven these nine people who and say, okay, I will cave on, I will cave on bringing up the bipartisan bill first, but you can't give me shit on what's in the reconciliation bill. That would be my nightmare, and that they will accept that. Uh, so this is my that th- that's my paranoia of the day um yeah that seems i mean my my paranoia is the opposite that once the the uh, infrastructure bill is passed the whole the reconciliation bill could just fall apart in amid squabbling see but this is what this is why that's not going to happen because suppose they squabble and suppose the moderates succeed in taking out half of the reconciliation bill Suppose it's my the half I want them to take out. Okay, the the, the half that the liberals really want, uh, child tax credit and a big amnesty. Okay, for example, just to take two examples. For example, and suppose they cut everything else in half. Okay, uh-huh. uh huh. Is AOC going to torpedo it? No, she's not. There's too much in it that too many liberal interest groups want. Half a loaf. She is is progress for the left. And so they have no, they really have no leverage, very little leverage here at all. They're not going to tank the child well, wait, care subsidies. Why can't subsidies. it work in the other direction that, uh, the left, I mean, why are you assuming the leverage winds up being with the moderates? Cause, cause they're the ones who want to take shit out. There's nothing that the left wants to take out. No, there are things the left want to take out, but they don't give a shit if the whole thing passes or fails. So they say, okay, we've taken our shit out, take it or leave it. And AOC and AOC has to take it. Whereas if AOC but, says but take it or leave it, aren't there things in there that the it. moderates like? Why are the moderates so willing to let the whole thing die? Aren't there things they'd really like to brag about? Right. Well, that's why that's the theory. I mean, of, fucking that's the dental. Theory I'll tell you, if you show me a politician who kept me from getting dental on, I don't yet quite have Medicare, but who kept me from getting dental, I would fucking assassinate him. Not only not vote <laughs> for him, man. That's serious uh, shit. 
That's that's the theory is that's why they want the bipartisan bill so they can say okay we torpedoed the big bill but we still have this little mere one trillion bill uh, and that they can boast about that but you make a good point but I just don't see the Democrats only bill mountain of gunk uh, reconciliation bill having exactly the sort of traction that you assume that's why that's why being specific in other words saying this bill is about lowering the Medicare age or this bill is about guaranteeing child care to everybody. If there were something, there has to be some something that really makes, not just we're going to spend a trillion dollars on child care, but the guaranteeing child care to people, mm-hmm. that might make them so pissed off that if anybody sabotaged that, they would take it out on them. But just saying, hey, we're spending a couple trillion on child care, I mean, so... Well, I, I will say that... Like, from a I PR think, point of view, it doesn't seem to happen. I think if you look at the game theory... It's definitely in everyone's interest to pass a version of the reconciliation bill and in no one's interest to completely torpedo it. But the way things get sabotaged, even when the game theory logic points that direction, is that another part of game theory is making credible threats during the bargaining process. And sometimes people just get locked in by publicly making a threat. Like, if you take this out, we're walking, and then it's just hard not to walk. And was, that's one way this could fall apart. I was thinking it's time for the modern Democrats to throw the steering wheel out the window. Out the window. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, that is um, the famous, where Thomas Schelling's famous example of a credible threat. Game of chicken. Two cars are headed toward each other. Which one will swerve first? If you throw your steering wheel out the window in view of the other driver, you have made a very credible commitment to not swerving. That's what we need here. Um, the other... The other dynamic at work is, of course, the midterms, and it looks very, very bad for the Democrats in the midterms. I mean, they're running on uh, uh, amnesty, welfare, inflation, crime, critical race theory uh, are arrayed against them. And for them, they say, well, we're lowering some health care costs. And uh, I- I'm sorry, that's even the, even the, even even they realize that that's a loser rebuttal. So. We're in a we're in a we're in a situation where they they if they think they're doomed, they will just pass as big a bill as possible because they know it's their last chance before the Republicans take over. Uh, and so, I I call this the stupid name for it, but the Sapuku problem. They're 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 in a they're in a suicidal situation, and they know they're cannon fodder. They're going to die. And the only question is, what do they accomplish before they die? And so if you are a Republican who doesn't want them to pass as big an infrastructure bill as possible, you want to give them hope. In other words, it's time for the Republicans to somehow let up on these moderate Democrats and let them think, hey, I might win. If I just water down this bill enough, I might survive. Individually, I might survive, even if my party loses the majority. Uh and so you want to somehow get the message to the Democrats that, hey, uh, you know, our kind of candidates really stink. You know, you're really, it's really not that bad for you. You might, you might actually pull it out. Um, uh, and I don't know how they do that, but that's clearly what is in order. I don't know how they do it either. Somehow talk down yourself. Well, there, isn't there, there's a long tradition of talking down your chances. It's not that much, doesn't happen that much in politics, it happens in sports all the time. But yeah. um, 
I wonder why more athletes don't do it. It's like they always minimize their injuries. I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, this, my knee is just toast, man. I don't know how I'm going to make it in this tennis match. You know, that would be my strategy. And but, nobody ever does it in politics because of the Rove bandwagon theory that winners win. People who seem like winners win. Yeah. I think in retrospect, uh, maybe the mistake we have both made throughout our careers is to not claim that we were winners, Mickey. Um, but you know, we've been, we've been going like, well over an hour. So we need to, I mean, maybe we should say a word about Cuomo and then head to the parrot room. Sure. Cuomo, um, I have two things, two obvious points. One is the reason he quit is because he doesn't think he's dead. He thinks he can make a comeback if he oh, quits now. He, uh, he is kind he, of acting like it. And he got Chuck Todd to say, you know, he can make a comeback. And number point number two, the the case against him isn't the horrors in his chamber of horrors that have come out so far aren't that bad. He's not Harvey Weinstein. He's not Harvey Weinstein. And the media true. is doing a disservice to the victims of Harvey Weinstein to pretend that they're similar to the victims of Cuomo. They were, it's Weinstein. This is Weinstein, why all other really, people who spell their name that way no. now pronounce it Weinstein no. because Harvey is Weinstein. Okay. Um Anyway, uh, now I will say that so, the, uh, the, the woman who had been identified as administrative assistant number one or something, did you see her interview on CBS? No. Well, you know, again, you're right. It's not Harvey Weinstein because, you know, after he grabs her breast and she just kind of, you know, walks away or something, he lets it go at that. Whereas Harvey Weinstein, would be like begging and pleading and and standing between her and the door and all this shit and uh, saying she'll never work in this town again. Right. There's the she'll never work in this town again, and it's a threat he made good on. But he still, destroyed, but still, he destroyed when you hear careers that woman, of people, women who wouldn't sleep with him. That's a level of of evil beyond what beyond, Cuomo beyond was accused Cuomo. of. That said, that interview was not very good for him. And <laughs> I I kind of looked at it and thought maybe this is what. Pushed him over the edge toward resignation. He just realized this is going to go on for a long right, time. Right, but I think he also realized that that it's 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 not so bad that people will never forget it. In other words, five years from now they say, "Well, yeah, he had to quit." What yeah, was he, that he's all about? Sixty three, Mickey. I mean, five years he could, you know, he yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be in, you know, his faculties he, will still be with him, but he, uh, he won't have Medicare Dental. I'll have to pay those bills somehow. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, that is probably, no, I, and now I wouldn't forgive him for this for Medicare Dental, but I would have to think about it. I got to say. His um, political position, like, as I think I said, was, is not that bad. I mean, he's just a horrible person. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, it's like, it's like, uh, I, I don't, he, I don't really see it. What does he do? What does he announce he, he's running for? And why does the media, See, I don't think in five years is the media be going to be, you know, forgiving and forgetting. I don't think so. He's, I don't think I don't think they're yeah, going to give him the time uh, of day. Um, Ambassador Cuomo. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. What president wants that? Uh, who wants who wants that? Has you know that? Well, it's weird. In in everybody's been resurrected in the Democratic Party except for Gary Hart. Who mysteriously? Well, Al Franken hasn't been, but I think he will be. Well, okay, but he hasn't been. Well, it hasn't been that long. But Gary Hart's been in the wilderness for thirty, forty years. Well, he is. It's it, 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 it's bizarre because what he did wasn't that bad. Uh, well, it was a different era. It was a different so era. I, I mean, what? that's that's what's funny is that 
in one respect, uh, that was a more conservative era in terms of what men could get away with. Cause that was it there. It was just the fact that it was an extramarital affair. It wasn't at all about the, whether the advances were wanted or unwanted right. by Donna Rice. Uh, it was totally about extramarital affairs. Those are now kind of taken for granted. Right. Um, That's, so, so he missed his, uh, I, you know, it, if they it, could swap places in time, if Cuomo could be Hart's age and Hart could be Cuomo's, they'd both be fine. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think people are, you know, Cisneros, he was forgiven. Uh, you know, what's he I, doing I now? Think, Wait, what's he doing for a living now? I'm not even sure he's alive. You know, he was at my, uh, I've never forgiven him. He was at the high school award ceremony where I was, uh, awarded the, what was it? Highest ranking male academically in the class. And he comes and like gives a speech and then he left before I got my award. What an asshole. Um, He's too busy to see me get my fucking award, Mickey. Fuck him. The, so that meant there was a woman who was smarter than you? Uh, in junior year, that she was for the time being, <laughs> but I passed her. It wasn't, it was a totally unfair thing because she had taken calculus. I had gotten there as a sophomore and hadn't been in all the accelerated tracks. So I didn't even have to take calculus and that, and she got to be in calculus and that doomed her. I still feel bad about that. <laughs> I, I, my, um, my dirty little secret is I switched to pass fail on calculus. Well, you would have been ineligible for this award. No wonder I didn't see you on the stage that day, Mickey. <laughs> I was schmoozing with Henry Cisneros in the back row. Wait, you had pass fail in high school? You oh, I forgot. Course, I, I forgot. You, you could take one a... course a year right, in right. pass fail, and I managed to switch my one course for pass fail to calculus from a course I was doing quite well in yeah yeah no i'm sorry i forgot that you went to beverly hills high i thought you went to a real public school i'm sorry i got mixed up calculus was calculus was hard Mm -hmm. it was i say i took it in college very hard um so we we should go okay we have uh we have parrot room promises we have parrot room promises in the parrot room at patreon.com slash parrot room we're going to talk about yeah go ahead well, I want to talk more about the Weinsteins. Uh, I, I, I mean, first of all, there's my, my existing, uh, grand unified theory of Brett and Eric Weinstein, uh, which is that they're both cranks. It's actually a, a grand unified hypothesis. I have a new grand unified theory. There's something else they seem to have in common now that I want to get into. I, um, I have a, um, well-informed theory about what Eric Weinstein does, uh, for the Teal organization. Ooh. Uh, I have, uh, I, I've also heard a new theory about, I doubt these are the same theory, but I've heard a theory about what value Teal sees in Eric Weinstein, you might say. Okay. Well, we can talk about that. Okay. Uh, obviously he sees value. Right. I guess, although I've also heard that, you know, his title, Eric's title, managing director Teal Capital isn't nearly as meaningful as it sounds like, but go ahead. Um, there's... Epstein news, not big Epstein news, but Jeffrey Prince Andrew has been sued and there's a yep. nefarious incident involving a doll that um, has been talked about in the press. Haven't heard uh, that one. 
We can talk about the Muscle Shoals movie, which I saw and liked. Uh, it is good. It quite is good. A bit. It's a documentary um, about but they're, music. I think they're important things to be derived from it. Okay. Uh, cool. uh, I want to, I want to bring up a conversation we had after, like, like after the paradigm. Yeah. Which I thought was useful about Trump and the wall. Oh, um, that you and I had. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't bring it up now. And, uh, no, it's my lips are sealed. Uh, I, I didn't even Glenn... think I want it out there. I don't think this is fair that you're trotting out these things that. I say in confidence. No, so. you said we should just keep the tape running. You agreed that this would have been a good paradigm topic. Did I? Too late now. And uh, there's Glenn Greenwald going to rumble with his video. And what the hell does that mean? Oh, really? Uh, yes, he's getting Wait, big meaning bucks. Leaving, leaving YouTube? I'll, we can talk about it. Okay, I didn't to know To what extent this. does it involve leaving YouTube? To what extent it is, is it just a PR stunt? He took a bunch of people with him and they're getting big money. They're getting like mid six figures. Who? Matt Tybee? Is Matt Tybee going? I didn't hear Tybee. I, I, uh, we will get into this in the paragraph. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, okay. So I promised, that's it I, for me. I promised I would, uh, spout confused things about the vaccine, um, and vaccine resistant viruses, that half thought that was forming in my brain. I will unveil my half thought. Um, I, I have, I have a couple of more boring points to make about global warming and OPEC and the one sixth commission. Oh yeah. I can't get too much of that. Um, and we can talk about Obama's maskless party if you want. I can't say I woke up this morning with that aspiration, Mickey. Uh, neither did I. But uh, feel free. No, I know. I'm happy to drop it. Um, we'll see how much time we have. Uh, and then, uh, I have a new, well, I want, I, maybe I'll say a little more about the best and the brightest, the classic account of how we got into Vietnam, which I am continuing to listen to and will for the rest of my life because it's super long. Um, and, uh, you know, some kind of parallels between that and Afghanistan, or at least one. The, um, I don't know if I'll unveil my new theory of why, this may not be original, of one reason that we can't, uh, clear up, uh, questions of, like, the, the problem of consensus about what is the case. Consensus about reality, like is ivermectin good or bad? And all these questions that America increasingly seems to remain divided on because there is no, there is no agreed upon, um, adjudicator, no arbiter of, of truth. I have a theory as to why. Okay. It's, has some novel elements, maybe. So that's, I- so that's a lot of stuff. That, that sounds like a, a, a super fun paragraph. Um, plus the parrot, the parrot is plus the parrot. Okay. Um, who's around here somewhere? There he is. Okay. And what is he or, he or she? He's of indeterminate they, sexuality. They, they, per- okay. they, that's his pronoun. Okay. Yeah. What's oh, my pronoun? Oh, there's one. More. Okay. That is the end, but there is one more. Uh, there's a, there's a, a they related thing from the New York times that I want to. Uh, mention in the pa- in the pair room. Okay, sorry. 
Okay. Um, kind of a kind of a not entirely graceful sign off, but I guess we're signing off. You're going to uh, you're going to annoy that community. I'm going to annoy the New York Times. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, that community. Well, something to be said on behalf of the they pronoun. I'll I'll play it both ways. I'll wind up um, with everyone either loving me or hating me. Uh, go for it. Uh, go for it. Will, will do, bird.